Visit womanevolve.com to get the latest looks, notices about events, and podcasts for the modern woman of faith. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. It's that time of the week. It is time for another episode of Woman Evolve Podcast. I have to tell you, this is becoming one of my favorite things to do throughout the week. I literally look forward to logging into Facebook Live with my co-host and then recording this episode for you to hear, especially when you guys tag me in things throughout the week. I know that when we get together, it is going to be a good time. Hey, child, what is the tea? I know you all have been waiting because you have been tagging me and commenting and blowing up my DMs in regards to the things that have taken place this weekend. Okay, child, child, listen, before we jump into Rescue Eve and Hail Mary and our advice questions, you know, I like to tell you how I'm evolving. I like to give you a little bit of a rundown as it relates to my life. I want you all to know that I have been eating lettuce and salmon like it is a full-time job for the last four to five days. And the Lord is blessing. That's what I've noticed about it, is that my work is not in vain. I want you all to know that the Lord would allow me to effortlessly put on a shirt that was too small just a few weeks ago. Come on, somebody. I feel the presence in this thing. And it fit effortlessly. And so I am just operating and functioning in the salad ministry. It is uh, challenging but rewarding. And I am praying that I can just keep this thing going because stress is real. Let's see. I've had an interesting week since the last time we got together. My husband had an allergic reaction. And chow, your girl was stressed. The only reason why I've been eating salad for four to five days is because after he had that allergic reaction, I came home and fried pork chops and made macaroni and cheese. And I know y'all don't eat swine and I know y'all don't eat meat because y'all vegan and vegetarian. But let me tell you something. I was so stressed that I needed to remember down in my soul that he could fill me up again. And so what I did was fry those pork chops and what I did was make that cornbread. And so four to five days, I've been eating salmon and kale, but it's only because of the stress, okay, the stress that I was under while watching my husband's allergic reaction. It it took me, it took me out. I didn't know what was going on, okay? So that was my stress. Then the devil tried it again with me on Sunday because, um, listen, I don't usually look at notes a lot when I'm speaking, but I like to take one last glance before I go out. When I went to go take my glance, it wasn't nothing glancing back at me. I didn't have my notes. And so Sunday, stress, but I still ate a salad. I'm just telling you that God is good. You know what I'm saying? That I'm operating in the salad ministry. My husband came out of the allergic reaction. I still haven't had my nails done, which I know I promised you all last week that I would do. But let me tell you something. I was encouraged in my ratchetry when other people reached out to me and told me that they don't like to get their nails done either. So I'm still out here. Look, but you know who don't get their nails done? Wakanda. I did not see not one nail shop in Wakanda. And if we're going to be about this Wakanda forever life, then we need to stop getting our nails done. Huh? Would anybody like to join me in that? All right. Here's the thing. If you're listening for the first time on the podcast, then you should know that I am not by myself. I am being joined online with a Facebook Live audience that literally tunes in from all over the world. Hundreds of thousands literally join me. And so I am excited to be sharing with you that some of my co-hosts are Coming in from the Windy City, from Colton, California, from Seattle, from Nigeria. And let's see how they've been doing. 
Terry Lynn says, I'm terrible. I've been trying chicken from all the different chicken places. I need to tell everybody what's the best chicken. Well, see, that's the Lord's work. You can't be upset. You're trying to help people. You're trying to serve. Your chicken has a purpose. My chicken is just for me and my feelings, okay? Alexis King said, but your hair is late and your eyebrows on fleek, so God is good. Child, I ha- I'm giving you long wig tees today. That's what you didn't know, Okay. I'm giving you a long wig ministry on today, and the Lord is blessing. I don't know where I got this wig from, but I'm 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 grateful for it. When I was logging going, I looked at myself in the reflection. I said, I look a hot Holy Ghost, spirit-filled, blood-washed mess, okay? Because the girl is out here doing the Lord's work, and sometimes the Lord's work is, uh, you know, it gets a little ugly, Caprice wants me to slow down with the whole no nail business because eventually I'm going to say no weaves. I understand what you're saying. I'm going back up. All I'm saying is in Wakanda, they don't get their nails done. Can we talk about Wakanda? Is it too soon? I have them in Hail Mary, but if you guys want to go, I'm ready to go. Let's talk about it. Listen, our family went and saw Wakanda. Why am I calling it Wakanda? I'm petty. Okay, listen, we went and saw Black Panther. And before y'all start commenting with the all of y'all, because you know it's always got to be somebody that tries to act like you can't have no Black Panther joy. Listen, save that in the comments, because right now we want to talk about how Black Panther pushed through in a way that I don't think anyone was fully prepared for. I thought it was going to be good. I thought possibly it could even be great. I did not expect to be sitting in the theater having a moment about my own ancestry and my own history. I did not expect to be sitting beside my little eight-year-old daughter watching her look on at with joy and excitement and just anticipation about what she would see next, what she would see women who look like her and women who are from a nation that birthed her, what they would be doing next. And you know what? It dawned on me. I don't mean to get all philosophical on here because I know that that's not what you all signed up for, but I did not realize how traumatizing the experience of slavery and not having full knowledge of our ancestry was until I saw on my timeline how moved people were by Wakanda. Can I go deeper for a minute? I'll move on and we can be petty again. What I'm saying is this. When you were raised in a country where all they tell you about your history is slavery, like literally just slavery, rape, abuse, families being torn apart, then you go into civil rights movement and just being less than constantly, to even feel connected to a fictional place called Wakanda just reminded us that before we got here, that we had a history and that history is beautiful. And I even saw someone from Africa who was talking about how incredible it was to see their country depicted in something other than like feed the children and and being destitute. And it was just, it was an experience for me to be able to walk into the theater. Now, listen, I didn't, my theater was probably not like some of the theaters that I saw. Some of y'all went in. I saw African drums all up and down the theater. My theater, still a little bit empty, you know, because the way, I guess the way the neighborhood is set up is not that many of us out here. But let me tell you something. We took our African pride right on in that movie, and it just felt incredible to be able to walk in and connect with a movie that was such a rich part, that had such rich parts and elements of who we are as a people and as a family. There's always this like thin line between you know, oh, we're all one in the body of Christ and there is no race in the eyes of Jesus. And all of that is true and and all of that is fair to say. But the reality is that Jesus came to really confront real issues and a real issue that exists within our country is the social construct of race and how it has affected us literally for generations. We still have inner city communities that are affected by the idea of racism. And just for a moment to think about where we come from, This, let me tell you my favorite part of the movie. And if you haven't seen it, close up your ears and turn it off. It's not a spoiler totally, but the T'Challa is fighting and his mother yells out, mm, 
Show them who you are. I almost ran a lap in the movie theater. Can I say this? I almost ran a full lap in the theater because that show them who you are situation. Listen, I live by that. My father did some uh, tracing of his ancestry and heritage and found out that he is literally like full-blooded Nigerian, even though, you know, obviously a lot of us are different ethnic backgrounds because of just the way slavery happened. It's difficult for us to trace exactly where we come from, but my father is Nigerian, so I pretty much feel like I'm Nigerian you know, down in my soul. I know I'm a black American, but also down in my soul, I be repping Igbo. And so to see that, show them who you are. My father, he constantly lives like that. When I got pregnant at 13 years old and I was having uh, my baby at 14 years old, he told me at the end of the day, you're going to have to show this world who you are. Nobody's going to hand you nothing. Nobody's going to see you the way that I see you. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have to work and you're going to have to show this country who you are. And listen, honey, when she said that, it did something to me because I think anyone who's ever had to fight, anybody who's ever had a struggle knows what it's like to be in the middle of a fight, to feel like you're about to lose. Do y'all feel it? Can somebody get me an organ in the background to be in the middle of the fight and then have somebody say something, to have a word come through right when you need it, where you determine that in that moment you are going to show that fight. You're going to show that Goliath who you are. And it blessed me. It blessed me. A father who hasn't prepared his child for his death has failed him. It blessed me. It blessed me down in my oomph, oomph. Okay? So, yes, praise the Lord. I want to see if anyone on Facebook Live has seen Black Panther and how did it change your life? Did it change your life? I don't want to hear that, oh, it was just a movie thing. I don't, that, I don't, mm-mm, I don't accept that. I need it to mean something to you, the way it meant something to us to be sitting up there in our African attire with pride. You know, because people be like, oh, you so, um, what they call it when you be trying to um, be all pro-black. I know they be like, when you're pro-black, you're also racist. But anyways, listen, when you just try to be so proud of your heritage and stuff. They try to say, Facebook Live, help me now. Now, didn't I ask y'all to help me with this and be my co-host? Jesus, really, Lord, can you help me? Please bring the word to my mind. Whatever, I'm going to find it and I'm going to tweet it and then y'all going to know. But what I'm saying is for just a moment, we weren't considered to be overtly Uh, representing our blackness, overtly representing what it means to be African-American in a way that made other people uncomfortable because it happened in the form of entertainment. And what I think is we have to take a moment and really accept the power of what entertainment can do. It created an environment where we could walk into places where some may otherwise feel like, oh, I don't want them to think I'm being too ethnic or too Afrocentric. I don't want them to think I'm being too militant. That's the word that I'm being being too militant. And so we try to fit into the society and in the culture. And just for a moment, we could just walk in somewhere and just feel like, yo, this is what's up. Like Africa in the building. At the end of the day, you know, we may have been on them ships. We may have been chained, cuffed. But before then, we came from a place that was rich in heritage and culture. And this is our opportunity to connect with it in some capacity. Literally, just about everything about the Black experience in America has been poisoned by racism, by fights, by hate. Listen, blood on the leaves, like, listen, okay, I'm finished. But what I want to say is this, Wakanda forever. Okay. Latricia Evans said that my kids were proud and excited. We were being celebrated to the world. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's see what else Facebook Live is saying. Joni hasn't seen it yet. She says, I want to see it so bad. We went opening day and it sold out on us right at the box office window. Girl, I promise you that when you get the time, you are going to love it. It's going to do, it did a lot for me. Drew Holden said it was life changing. I totally, totally agree. Phyllis said behind every strong black man is a strong black woman. Do you want to talk about it, Phyllis? Because I'm here for it. Can we talk about them African queen warriors? Can we talk about those single mothers? Can we talk about them wives? Can we talk about those educators? Can we talk about the women in that movie? Mm. I hardly saw any men fighting for the women with their spears. Chad, I'm going to write a book. 
about a woman and her spear. I don't want to give the movie away, but it was a part where the woman was like, listen, you can try me if you want to. She had that Michelle Obama in the portrait face. You can try me if you want to. You'll be disappointed because at the end of the day, the mission, honey, the mission is more important than these feelings. Black women everywhere. God bless you. And every woman, okay, I don't, I'm, you know, because we're all one in the body of Christ and the human race and all that saying. But what I'm saying is this, I see you, woman, and I see what you did, okay? Jasneth Richard said, God spoke to me in that film. I, in total agreement. Shamika has not seen it yet. Girl, you got to see it. And don't bootleg it. Can we all come together and not bootleg it? Adrian said Killmonger was so good. He was dropping so many jewels. He was hurt, misunderstood, and some women issues, but I didn't want him to die. Oh, I hope y'all didn't seen the movie. Praise the Lord. I don't know if he really did, though, so we'll see what happens. But Adrian, I agree with you. But I think Adrian, obviously, he represented the Black experience. He was born in Oakland, which was obviously the base of the Black Panther movement. And so you've got one side that represents Black Americans that have been disconnected from their African heritage. And then you've got the other side that is rich in heritage. I have friends who live in Africa from Nigeria, from Ghana, South Africa. And, you know, to see their dances and Kenya, the way they sing and the cloths. And like, I just wish that I understood better that culture and experience. And it was robbed from us. It was taken from us in such a way that we kind of have created our own culture as much as we could, but we had to create our culture on pain and wounds. And that's been a difficult pill to swallow. I, I don't think that our lighter skin brothers and sisters even realize how difficult it is to be, in my instance, the only or one of the only Black girls in a classroom when they're talking about slavery. Like, it's awkward, you know, it's weird for us. And that's yet a part of our experience. And yes, we'd certainly have to, oh, I feel a word coming. 16 minutes into the episode and I feel the word. Here's the thing. Sometimes you have to accept your painful experiences and your painful truth and all of that is real. But I think what Black Panther did for us is it reminded us that we can accept the painful nature of the African-American experience as long as we don't forget the roots of who we are started in a land that was far away from here and that it had it had just phenomenal spirit and power and thought and ingenuity and innovative nature, and that that is the root of who we are. If we are not careful, we will think that all that we are are the people who got off of slave ships. And that may be the story that we hear the loudest, but just because that is the story that we hear the loudest does not mean that it is the story that encapsulates the totality of who we are. It's a word. Wakanda forever. We may not ever know if we came from Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana. We may not ever know if our history was rooted in what part of Africa but for all of us to be able to connect over this Black Panther film, it was powerful. You know, it's not Jesus. It's not the Holy Ghost. I know that. It, all right, we can't shout to it. It ain't going to save our life. I get it. I understand that. But what I am saying is that it was beautiful to be able to connect with a different part of who we are than the one that makes us feel shame and embarrassment. So we're kind of forever all up in your timeline. Amen. I'm going to stop talking about it because some of the saints haven't seen it. And I'm trying to keep all of my friends. I don't have that many of them. I need to keep the ones that I have. So I'm going to move on. Rescue Eve. Listen. Rescue Eve, if you're listening or tuning in for the first time, is when we take someone who's been having a difficult time in the news or headlines and we try to show them a little bit of grace and empathy. So here's the thing. I thought that we weren't going to have no rescue. Everybody was minding their business. Everybody was drinking their water. Everybody was keeping their opinions to themselves. Everyone was functioning and operating in the mind your business ministry. And everything was going well. I didn't know what we was going to do. I was going to skip past Rescue Eve. And then Sunday happened. And 
all of you, okay, not all of you, but a lot of you reached out to me about Eve, the Eve of the week, the Eve of the hour, Sister Fergie. Yes, you all were, you all were really, really, you all were really concerned about what took place on Sunday. You, you all really needed some, some time to understand and process what exactly happened on Sunday when, when Sister, when Sister Fergie got a little jazzy on you. Y'all wasn't ready for all that jazz, evidently. She, we wasn't ready. That's all that happened is that we weren't really ready for all of that jazz. And I got tagged in so many things about all of that jazz that I knew we was going to have a rescue Eve. This is what I want to say. She wanted to do something different. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with trying to do something different. It's just that sometimes when you do things that are different, the only way that you can find out not to do it again is if you, uh, you know, if people tell you we're not ready for that level of different that you're offering. Now, you have two options. You can stick to that level of different. You know, you can stick to all that jazz or you can decide within yourself, you know, what? they're not ready and I'm not ready. And so I would like to submit to the Woman Evolved delegation. Huh? Delegation, where are you? Delegation, can we save Sister Fergie? Like you ain't never tried nothing different and found out it was the wrong idea. Like you ain't never cut your hair off and, and, and forget that you need a little hair around your face. Like you ain't never did something wrong and then found out after you did it that it was wrong. Come on, y'all. Come on. Can we all come together? Can we try everybody to come together? Crystal Grant said she needed a church mother to come and escort her back to her seat and let someone else sing. Let me tell you something. She sang better than I do, I think. Because under the power of the anointing, anything could happen to this voice. I think she sang better than I would have. Um, Fergie issued an apology to us and the nation. And I think that we have to rescue her. She was sorry. A lot of times I get y'all to rescue people who ain't sorry, okay? And it stretches us. But how are we not going to rescue somebody who's sorry? I don't think she's going to do it again. Certainly we can rescue her. Certainly. Tay Turner says, no, ma'am. Certainly. Jamie always smiling says, save her, but just play Whitney's version from now on. It's a bet. I think that we can all come together and agree on that. If we can play Whitney's version, we never have to go through this again. Can anyone else? Is there one? Huh? Is there one? Sheila Benjamin has an excellent question, but who told her this was a good idea? And that's why you got to be careful about who was in your circle, because every now and then somebody just got to be like, are you sure? I'm not trying to be the boss of you. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but I do just want to submit for your consideration humbly. I want to humbly submit that possibly, potentially you could go a different route. We don't need all that jazz. America has been jazzy enough, okay? Let's just keep it right, right down the middle, just right on down the middle of the road, right on the speed limit. No, no, no. Kimberly Schuler says that we can save her. She's trying to make a comeback. Praise the Lord. Come on. Now, Fergie has come through for us in the past. Just because somebody messed up this one time doesn't mean that we throw them away. And she was sorry. You know how I know y'all got to her? Because when I read her apology, she said, I really did the best that I could. Y'all, that, that thing, this thing has gotten down in her soul. Okay? She's sorry for real. Because she... She said, I really did the best I could. She said, more than me trying to be jazzy and doing something different that didn't work out is that y'all dragged me and I was doing the best I could. Can we freak? She's going through a hard time. You know, her life is transitioning and changing. And I just think that we should consider just, come on, y'all, Woman Evolved Delegation, please. Just in case that she should have held up one finger and walked away. Come on, guys. No, guys. Can someone... Can is there is there anyone? Keisha Fergie did not have the oil for that song. Uh, you got to go where the oil is, okay? Tiffany Shannon, praise the Lord. We accepted her apology. Amen. Brittany Haynes says no saving for me. She was wrong for that. 
Okay, Natalie. Okay, Natalie. Natalie says she's saved. They should have brought the sheet and ushers out for her, which is kind of saved but not saved at the same time. I don't think that we are here it, for the saving. Can anyone? Okay, Brittany's. Okay, I, this is the last one, and I'm moving on because I got to take my win where I get it. Brittany Sweat said we will save her this time, but if she ever tries this again, it's no. I'm. I can. All right. All right, praise the Lord. I'm moving on. I'm going to I'm going to move on with the win that I have because as I read these comments, I see that a lot of us are just not we're just not here for the vocals. Okay? She's just not here for the vocals. I want to save her. She's saying better than I would have, I think. Okay, moving on. We have Fergie. Um, I want y'all to leave Cardi B's uterus alone. Can we rescue her? Stay out of people's uterus. Listen, if the child says she ain't pregnant, then let's leave her alone. Every time she turn around, she talking about how she's not pregnant. Somebody said she had an abortion. Get out of people's uterus. Dang. She ain't got a song nowhere about whether or not she is pregnant or not. Leave her alone. I'm rescuing Cardi B from the scrutiny. Like, you ain't never had a chicken nugget that went wrong and left you bloated. Can we please get out of Cardi B's uterus. I would like to submit that we rescue her from this public conversation about what is happening on the inside of her. Can anyone? Duchess says, right, leave Cardi alone. Who wants to, can I ask y'all a question for real? Who wants to be asked every single week whether or not they're pregnant because they pudgy? Not me. I can't imagine it. Every single week we talk about her uterus and I'm over it. I would like to I would like to leave her alone. And I think the woman evolved delegation can come together and help me. Okay? Please. Hello? Yes. Right? She might have IBS. I don't know. I don't want to get in her bowels. I don't want to be in her uterus. I don't want to be in her bowels. I want us to leave her alone because I've had the saints. Listen, I love you all who are listening and tuned in. I have seen you all in my comments before asking me, was I pregnant? And I promise you, I'm just full. Mm. I'm just full. That's it. I'm I'm not pregnant. There's no child ever coming. I'm just full. Okay? And you got to know the difference between full and pregnant. Caprice Mouse says, I look 12 months pregnant and I dare somebody to ask me, Caprice, I'm with you. And wow, what a long pregnancy. She's not actually pregnant, but she is out here full like me. And just like, don't ask people, are they pregnant? It's rude. Don't ask nobody if they're pregnant until they tell you to come to the maternity floor of the hospital and bring some fruit snacks. Until then, it's just really not going to be any of our business. Can we all come together on that, please? We get bloated. People get on our our nerves. We decide to eat carbs. We decide we're not going to work out this week. We decide that we're giving it all up and we're going to eat Chick-fil-A every single day of the week. And that is our right. That is our prerogative. Please stop asking. Get out of folks' uterus. Rescue Cardi. Amen. Can we do that? Stacey Ann Patrice says yes. Astrid says, I'm crazy. Praise the Lord. You got to be a little crazy to make it in this world. That's a word, but I won't even get into it. Meg said, it's so rude. Thank you. Don't ask people if they're pregnant. It really, really, not only is it rude because sometimes people gain a little weight, but also some people can't have children and they're full. And so when you ask someone who can't have children and they're just full, if they're pregnant, it's rude. When you ask married couples, when y'all going to have a baby, it's rude. When you ask single people, when they're going to get married, it's rude. Everybody, we're going to just, everybody, we got a new church. It's called Mind Your Business Ministries. And we just want to live in that place. We want to take an offering in that place. We want to have praise and worship in that place. We want to have an altar call in that place for those who are backsliding from minding their business. And now is the perfect opportunity for us to have that altar call. Mind Your Business Ministries is open and we are welcoming and we accept everybody. Everybody can come, okay? Just mind your business. It's all rude, okay? Because you just don't know what people is going through. Oh, man, I got to look at it when I said people is. But listen, I just need y'all to uh, to rescue Cardi. The last person that I am rescuing, I don't know if you all have heard this story, but someone won a $560 million lottery. And she wants to remain anonymous. She refuses to have her identity revealed. And therefore, she is taking the Powerball to court because she wants to maintain 
her identity. And who can blame her? And I saw a few people who were a bit upset because they felt like for $560 million, I wouldn't let anything stand in my way. And maybe that's why the Lord has not yet deposited that ticket into some of the saints' account. I don't want nobody to know I got $560 million. Nobody. I don't want nobody to know that I got five. How could we be upset with somebody who don't want nobody to know that they got $560 million? Listen, I don't have $560 million. I don't have 10% of $560 million. I don't have 10% of 10%. Okay, y'all get the point. Here's the thing. And I still have the saints in my DMs about car payments and rent and tuition and scholarships. If y'all find out I got $560 million, I don't think I can afford. I cannot afford for anyone to know that I got $560 million because I know the saints. I know y'all. I know the Lord has placed ideas and gifts and talents and things down on the inside of you. I know it's a hard time. I know it's rainy days. I know things happen. But what I'm saying is this. I will be a giver. I will be generous. I'm going to tie But what I'm saying is that when you have $560 million, people feel entitled to what's in your bank account. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And I have never seen anybody who should be entitled to what you worked for unless it be the Lord and the children you brought into this earth and your spouse who you are in this thing called life with. Beyond that, entitlement to bank accounts. Whew. I want to, we don't allow that at Mind Your Business Ministries. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Tanya Renee Williams says houseways. She don't want the people to come and ask her for money. That's it. You know that's what it is. Chantel Perkins says, right, that's none of anybody's business. You ain't lying. Andrian said, don't let them know I have $20. Don't let, not 20 okay? Simone said, I'll come forth with a mask and a wig on if it's required. Now, now let me tell you, though, let me tell you, I don't want y'all to know. But if they say that's the only way I'm going to be able to access it, the spirit of no functions in my life. I know it well. I feel it often, constantly. It does things. It moves mountains on my behalf. I will, if they say, listen, this is the only way it's going to happen, I don't know that I am that committed to nobody knowing that I would just walk away from it altogether. Amen. Amen. I'm rescuing her. I understand. Summer Johnson says, I don't want any extra company on the regular, much less if I win that kind of Summer, you ain't said nothing but a word on this here episode of Woman Evolve Podcast. I don't hardly want any extra company right now with what I got in my bank account. And I know that that kind of money brings all kinds of associates and friends and remember when. And listen, I'm cool on it, okay? Crystal Palmer says, we don't announce how much we get back in our paychecks or taxes. We show don't, okay? All right. Come on, somebody. Barbara Ward said, I don't want no one to know, but Jesus and my bishop, that's that's it. Well, praise the Lord, bishop. See, and that's why you got to get in a church where you don't mind your pastor knowing because, you know, your pastor ain't going to abuse it. But, you know, some of these cousins and stuff, child, can't imagine it. Cannot imagine it. Those are my rescue eaves for this week. We're rescuing Fergie in the name of Jesus, regardless of what some of the saints said. We're rescuing Cardi B, specifically Cardi B's uterus from the speculation and the scrutiny. Ain't nobody got time for that. And I'm rescuing the Powerball winner. Wherever you are, know that you're rescued because I understand how we ended up in this situation. Moving on to Hail Mary. Hail Mary, if you're listening or tuning in for the first time, is when we take a moment and just highlight some positivity. Someone who's doing incredible things or newsworthy things that are worthy of us just taking a minute and commending them. And I have some very impressive Hail Marys that I was looking forward to sharing. Not too long after our podcast went live, we got the devastating news about the high school shooting in Florida. And there's so many nuances and and politics involved in what took place at the school shooting. But what I will say is this, man, I wish that we didn't have stories like this anymore. 
Like I wish that these types of encounters did not become just a headline that came one day and was gone the next. And so as the story has continued to unfold and we've been able to just meet some of the people who were unfortunately murdered and other people who were wounded, someone whose story really stood out is Anthony Borges. He's 15 years old. He's currently in the hospital. He was shot five times, but he was helping to save 20 of his fellow students. Man, can you imagine He is a child himself and the height of what has got to be the most scary, fearful incident of his entire life. And what he does is he decides to to be a hero, honestly, in that moment and to save his classmates. We're always inundated with stories about bullies and people who aren't always doing things well in the classroom. And so I just wanted to highlight this student The sheriff was honored to visit Anthony Borges, who's once again 15 and was shot five times. Fortunately, he is recovering, but has a long road ahead of him with more surgeries needed. So we're going to join so many of the people in Florida and around the world in praying for the swift recovery of Anthony and all of the others at Stone Man Douglas who were affected by this tragedy, this impeccable indescribable tragedy that took place. I saw, I was reading a story about one of the victims where his fiance, he told his fiance that if he were ever in a school shooting to not just like get up there and tell all of these stories about him that made him seem so perfect, but to tell the truth. And it was a really, you know, sad, tragic, sad, but but yet kind of cute story, I guess, because after she said that story, she also talked about how incredible he was because that part of him was something that she wanted to remember. But just think about it like as a teacher or um or a student or a janitor or whoever to say, if that ever happens to me, this is what I want you to say at my funeral. Like that's something that should not become such a commonality in our society that someone can sit back and watch a headline and say, because I work in that field, if that ever happens to me, this is what I want you to do. I think it's so, so sad. And so we're praying for Anthony. We're praying for this country, man. We're praying for our elected officials that they would do something that helps us put an end to these tragedies so that our children can go to school, so that our teachers can feel safe, so that our principals don't have to look past their shoulder like, God, I'm just, I'm so torn up about it. Obviously, I've got kids who are in school and you want to do everything that you can to prepare them for the future, school being a part of that. And you just never imagine that this is going to happen. So, but certainly just want to take a minute and commend Anthony in the midst of such tragedy. His uh, efforts were one worth commending. So we're definitely going to be praying for his recovery and everyone else's. Two other, well, technically Anthony, I guess it's Hale Joseph because he is a mom. But so, yes, hail Joseph to Anthony. In addition to that, we actually have a Hail Mary in Jamaica's first bobsled team. The Caribbean Islands first Olympic female bobsledders are Jasmine Victoria and Carrie Russell. They are the first of all, I don't even know how they were training and became the first female bobsledders to come from the Caribbean Islands. But I certainly want to give up a big up to them and also how they're still competing under such um, difficult circumstances because their coach literally resigned a week into them competing and they're still there and still showing out. So Jasmine Victorian and Carrie Russell, we commend you here. The Woman Evolved delegation is coming together to commend you all for what you're doing and for the history you're making. We love it. In the time of Wakanda, come on, somebody. We also see that people who look like us are being magical and special all over the world. And so, listen, we're cheering for you. We love you. We want you all to do 
incredibly well. Give it your best. Let God do the rest. And just know that no matter what happens, you all have already made history. And don't let little things, well, I guess it's technically not a little thing, but it has to become little in order for you to move forward. Child, it's a word. I didn't mean to do it, but I just stumbled into it. The coach resigned literally a week into their competition, and she tried to take their bobsled. And that could be a big, that could have been chaos. Come on, somebody, it's a word. That could have been chaos for them. But you know what? They are still there, and they are still competing. And sometimes you have to tell your mind, this could be a big thing, unless I decide that it's going to be a small thing. And that's what they did. And we want to give big ups to them. Come on, Jamaica. I got Jamaica in the building tuning in on Facebook Live. Hey, Alicia. Alicia's from Jamaica. We with you. Come on, somebody. Ashley Morgan says she can't wait to see me in July. Hey, child. We're going to have such an incredible time. Let's see. Did you all know about the women in Jamaica? And is there anything that you want to add to us cheering and rooting for them? Renee Clark says, big up to Red Stripe for showing up and paying for their bobsled. That's what's up. Yeah, sometimes you got to get up and support now. Don't let nobody be out here losing and you got something that you can do to help them. It's a word, but I'm going to leave it on the table. All right, so we did Rescue Eve, we did Hail Mary, and next we're moving into our advice slash mentorship moment of the podcast. I've got three questions. I'm already running a little bit long on time, so I don't know if I'll get to all of them, but let's start with the first one. The first question is from someone who DM'd me a couple of days ago. They DM'd me on Instagram. For those of you who are wondering, how do we slide into Sarah's DMs? You slide into my DMs on Instagram. I literally, not going to lie, have thousands of them, but I try to pick ones that I can answer on the podcast. And sometimes I get a chance to just reply offline. But this one I thought was worth us bringing up to the Woman Evolved delegation. Woman Evolved delegation, this is our dilemma. And here it goes. I desperately need someone to talk to and put my mess in a perspective that I can understand that there will be better days. You probably won't even read this, but I got pregnant back in November and decided not to go through with it. I decided not to go through with my pregnancy for different reasons, so I got an abortion last week. Immediately afterwards, up until this point, I regret it. Worst decision I have ever made. None of my reasons justified the life of my baby. I'm torn, sad, and angry at myself. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry that you had that experience. I know so many women who have been in your position and felt like the best option or only option they had was to have an abortion. And then on the other end, end up regretting it and being upset with themselves. And what I want to tell you that is first in Christ and God, you're already forgiven. There is no condemnation. Heaven is not looking down on you with shame and disappointment and disapproval about the decision that you made. And I think that it's important for us to understand that in order for us to walk in freedom and forgiveness. It doesn't mean that we just do whatever we want to and and heaven is going to look the other way, but it does take in into account instances like this where we make a decision blindly. And because we make a decision blindly, we end up more hurt and wounded than we had to have been. So I want to rescue you. I want to rescue you from the insecurity, from the thoughts from the self-hatred and the self-torment that comes with making a decision that you wish you could change. And I want to let you know we have to embrace the fact that we made the decision. We made the decision. If we could change it, we could, but we can't. And so that is now a part of our story. I want to encourage you to seek counseling if necessary and let just this piece of advice be the beginning of you really going on a journey of discovery within yourself about who you are now as a result of having had that experience to understand why you were in a situation where you even ended up in a pregnancy that you did not want to continue with. You know, like I'm, first of all, I am 
not judging that you ended up pregnant because I've ended up in that situation. So I want you to hear me from my heart when I say this, that one of the things that really helped me was understanding why I was in a position where I was having sex with someone who I wouldn't want to have a child with, having sex with someone who I wasn't married with and didn't want to build a life with. I think you have to get to the root of that so that you can make sure moving forward that you will have value within your own worth in your own relationships and in your own perspective about marriage and love that prohibits you from making this decision in the past. I think one of the worst things that you can do is just kind of close a blind eye, take the skeletons, put them in the closet and try to live on as if nothing happened. We make those excuses all of the times. And then we have an abortion that we could have made peace with in this moment, haunt us for 20, 30, 40 years down the road. We have to understand how we ended up in the situation. We have to forgive ourselves. We have to commit to not letting it happen again by understanding who we were in that moment and recognizing that we are no longer that person anymore. Lucretia Montgomery says, it's a process to forgive yourself, but with God's help and a counselor, you can do it. Connie Connice Brown is joining me. She says, I'm praying for you, sister. Destiny Leonard said, yes, forgive yourself. God has forgiven you. God knows that you are hurt, but run to God. He has his arms wrapped around you. Maureen says, forgive yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. One of the things that really stood out in my reading of your letter is when you said that immediately afterwards, up until this point, I regretted worst decision I've ever made. And I think that we can all identify with scenarios like that where we feel like this was the worst decision I could have ever made. But ultimately, we have to challenge ourselves to love the girl who made that decision, to recognize that we've got to have peace and grace for that part of us who ended up in that brokenness, and to ultimately drag her into healing, wholeness, repentance, and into the love of God that honestly truly makes all things work together. Even though it was the worst decision that you felt that you've made, there's someone listening to this podcast who has made that exact same decision and to know that someone else has been in their shoes is giving them comfort right now. It's giving them some peace and knowing that I'm not the only one who's felt this way. I'm not the only one who has regretted this decision. And I'm not the only one who's going to pick up the pieces and move forward. So I certainly want to have more grace for you in your journey. We're going to be loving and praying for you, all of us at the Woman Evolve delegation. And just to prove it to you, I'm going to read a few of the comments. Jasmine Richard says, her heart is in a place of process and you will feel better soon. Forgive yourself, sis. Yeah, you got to. Annette says, awesome topic. Thank you for taking a stand and helping others through their healings. You know, like, listen, I'm totally, totally for marriage the right way, sex the right way, love the right way, relationships the right way. But I am also fully aware that not all of us get to do things the way that we hope to do them when we're young women. And there are opportunities like this where we can love on one another through transparency and vulnerability. When someone comes to you and they trust you with something that is going on on the inside of them, we have a responsibility to not infect their vulnerability with the poison of condemnation and the poison of shame. The most powerful transformational tool that any of us have at our disposal is love. And our ability to love someone into the light, to love someone into forgiveness, to love someone out of bitterness. It's powerful, but it can't happen if they feel like they're talking to an enemy or talking to someone who's going to turn their backs on them. And so I want you to know, wherever you're listening from, that there are women all over the world who are linking arms in the spirit realm, praying for you, praying for your heart, praying for your peace, and praying that all of this will work together. So... Yes, that is our first question, and I felt like it was one worth covering. There is another one that I think we should also take a minute and dissect. 
It says, hello, my name is never going to say it, never going to say it. I'm not going to say her name because I don't think that <laughs> she sent this to me so that it could be broadcasted. So I'm not going to say her name. She said she's been listening to my teachings here lately. They've truly blessed her and are making her look at things differently, which I love. She continues her letter by saying, I want to know if you could offer me some insight as to how to walk in my singleness with joy and victory. I'm just getting to a place where I'm tired of doing things my way and getting horrible results, which have resulted in me being celibate. Big ups. However, I don't want to only glorify God with my body, but also with my everything. I also want to be content if God blesses me with my husband or not. Thank you in advance and may God continue to bless you in your ministry. First of all, I want to let you know. That the fact that you're even asking this question is a sign that you are tapping into what it's going to take for you to have victory and joy in being a single woman. I am married now, but when I was a single mother raising my children, I was totally and completely and utterly in love with myself. And the only reason I got there, I, it wasn't like I was just born that way and I've always had this self-love, but I feel like life pushed me and crushed me and and I had so much struggle that I finally came to a point where I realized, listen, I've got to make some definitive decisions, some definitive statements about who I am, what kind of life I'm going to have, and what I'm going to do in order to create that. I like to tell single people beyond, you know, finding a, a mentor or church or, you know, videos online that speak into where you are, but to also distract yourself with yourself. One of the most powerful things I did when I was single was I discovered who I was. I discovered what I liked. I watched the movies I wanted to watch. I, I had this idea of me be having health and wellness be a staple of my life. I finally pursued that. I started working on learning another language. I started cooking things that I would have never cooked before. I just fell in love with who I am and the world that is around me. And I want to encourage you, if you're single, to take time loving on yourself. It sounds cliche. And some people may be rolling their eyes, but I promise you when you take a minute to discover who you are, to fall so completely in love with your potential, with the potential of who you are, come on, somebody, there is potential down on the inside of you. I am so against this idea of a woman's potential is maximized the moment she has a ring on her finger. I'm over it, okay? A woman's potential is never maximized if she is still on this earth, whether she's married or not married. And so the idea that there are still things that are down on the inside of us that haven't been manifest mean that we have work to do. So honey, love, child, you got work to do on you. Incredible work. You're going to be a monument of God's grace and glory, but it's going to take you really taking a minute and saying, what do I love about myself? I may want to be in a relationship, but what do I have to offer to a relationship beyond the whole, I, oh, I cook or I clean or I do this. Those are all things. Listen, he can hire a chef. I have a word. It's coming. Please put your fingers in the air. He can hire a chef. He can hire a housekeeper. He can get somebody who can do a lot of the things that are often considered what women must do in order to maintain a relationship. What he may not be able to do is have somebody who can go to war for him in the spirit realm. What he may not be able to do is have someone who can take his idea and help him build it and manifest it. What he may not be able to do is have an encourager. What he may not be able to do is have someone who, who he can talk to freely and who he can trust to share his heart and his soul and his insecurities and his issues and his dreams. Yes, we want you to cook, I guess. Yes, we want you to clean if that's what you want to do. But more importantly, I want you to be a good person. I want you to be a vault. I want you to be the kind of person that has friendships that are meaningful, that doesn't mind giving out hard no's and hard yeses. I want you to be all that you can be. And if it so happens, you meet a man along the way who honors that and values that and you honor and value who they are, then y'all should be together, I guess. But if not, child, be by yourself and say that there must be more of me to love. There must be more of me to uncover. And so I'm going to figure out what that is. I had literally told, and now mind you, I had been in a really toxic relationship. And I said to myself, self, 
I could do this by myself. I could be broken, insecure, and second-guessing myself by myself. I could be searching for my edges. I could be dehydrated. I could be overweight by myself. If you're going to be with me, I need you to add something to me. And that's what I want you to do, child. I want you to be willing to be by yourself in such a way that you become the best version of who you are and do not get into a relationship with anyone unless they are able to add to what you already know is an incredible incredible gift in your being. Come on, somebody. Can anyone help us? Let's tune into our Facebook audience and see what they are saying. I see a lot of yes. I see a lot of preach. I see a lot of you better speak. The delegation is coming together. Brittany Sweat Brittany Sweat says, I suggest you read your book, Don't Settle for Safe. She will have a clear understanding. I didn't even that what I didn't even pray. I didn't even pay Brittany to say that. And the Lord laid it on her heart. Maybe it's for you. I think that you should consider reading my book. Yes, honey. Learn to be single. Um, one of our friends went through a breakup and then she was single, right? And she would just be like going home and taking a fast little shower and getting in a bed. And I'm like, no, child, you're doing this all wrong. If you're going to be single, you have things that you can be doing with your time and with your life. Girl, when I say you need to turn on some music and put you on some shorts and go get you some hard, complicated recipe and cook it and enjoy yourself, you know what you need to do, child? You need to binge watch a television show. You know what you need to do, child? You need to go on a jog. You are doing this thing all wrong. Your life is not over because you are not in a relationship. As a matter of fact, if that relationship is over, your life just might be beginning. And I want you to figure out what is down on the inside of you. Girl, plan you an international trip. Start safe. And don't say it's out of reach. You want to go to you want to go to Wakanda, girl. Go get you a passport and start saving for your trip to Wakanda. You want to go to Italy and eat the pasta over there and see if it really tastes like it tastes in Olive Garden, girl. Start saving your coins. What I'm saying is, have some dreams, have some visions, have some goals that are greater than I want to get married and I want to be somebody's wife because you mess around and marry the wrongs with somebody and child, it's hard when you had to break that thing off. So listen, this is what I'm saying to you. Do you boo? Enjoy your life. I think the other thing is this. We have to figure out why we have such a desire to be married. Is it because everyone else is married? Is it because, like, where do, is it because we just think that that's what's supposed to happen with our life? Like, where did this idea of we are not content and we are not whole and we are not complete unless we're married come from? I think the other challenge I have for you is to search down within yourself and figure out when did the idea of being someone's wife become so important to me and is it healthy? When did it become, when did becoming someone's wife become more important to me than becoming myself? I want us to think about it. I want us to think about it. Because this idea of being married above anything else and that being the ultimate thing, like, I think we got to really dig into this, okay? Where did this come from? Kimberly Schuler said, fear of dying alone. I feel like you can live such a purpose-filled life by serving the world and serving others and, and discovering who you are that you don't die alone. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm saying you, it has to be, first of all, marriage is bigger than just dying alone, but we'll save that for another podcast because this one is already running a bit long. What I will say is this though, like, we're here on this earth to do more than just like be somebody's wife. Being someone's wife is a gift when done the right way and when married to the right person. It brings out more of who you are. It's a tool. It's wisdom. It's covering. It is an incredible gift, but it is not the ultimate reason for our existence. And so I just want to encourage you. Is I think based off of your name, you're somebody's mom, because it says something, and then mom. And so like, man, raise that child, expose her, take her all over the world, take her across the street, take her to the other side of town, show her to be content and full within herself. And don't allow the idea of I'm not married and, and we're not a complete family to make her feel like the first thing that she needs to do is to get married in order for her life to be complete. I'm going to say this, I'm going to move on. When I had Malachi McKenzie and it was just us 
and I was living at home with my parents, I decided that, you know what, if I never get married again and I don't meet anyone, I'm going to do what I can I'm going to do what I can to offer them the best life possible. I applied for a home loan. I went through the whole process of trying to get the house by myself. I finally got approved by the by the grace of God and God alone. We moved into our house. We took Christmas card pictures. We took road trips. I took them on a Disney cruise. I had to save money. I had to do things in order to make that happen. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to live with my children. I'm not going to wait on buying a house to see whether or not I get a man first. Can't imagine it. I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to show my children what's down on the inside of them. I'm going to live out purpose for them. And I really do think that that is something that you have to really challenge yourself to do. And it is a challenge. It is a challenge because you have to see past what may be the societal norm. You have to make peace with some of the decisions you've made in the past, but it is a challenge that is worth it. So let's say, let's see what our Facebook audience is saying. Brianna Taylor says, I feel like being married, being in that commitment with trust, it's like being embraced for being your whole self. Sometimes we are out in the world being magical all by ourselves, but there's no better feeling than being embraced in fullness. I totally, I can totally understand where you're coming from. I just don't think that that should be the ultimate goal. And I think that when you decide to be cautious, when you are out being magical in the world by yourself about who you allow into that environment, that you don't mind saying to yourself, I would rather be single protecting my growth and my development and my process and my discoveries than to open myself up for company. You know, I think that you have to be sure that when you're looking for someone to embrace who you are in fullness, that you are looking at their hands before they touch you. Did you see it was a play on words because embrace is a hug. And if the hands are dirty, then when they embrace you in fullness, then they messed up what was already a good thing. Think about it. Nessa says, start to love yourself the way you want to love someone. That's true. And Ashley Morgan says, and marriage is a challenge within itself. Child, that'll be next week's letter. Yasmin says, living my life like it's golden. Golden. (laughs) I love it. Jeanette says, enjoy yourself first so when the husband comes, the things won't overtake you. That's so true. And then you have to know what's home for you when you get married. And that's why it's important that we enjoy being single because when you're married and you start giving of yourself, which is totally natural and organic, and you start working, maybe there's a career change. Maybe you all have children. As life begins to progress for you when you're partnered with someone else, you have to know what's home for you. What makes me happy? Because you're going to look at across from your husband one day and say, I'm frustrated. I'm not happy. I'm stressed. I'm tired. And he's going to say, well, what can I do to help you? And if you haven't done the work of discovering that for yourself, then you're going to be in relationship with someone who wants to serve you, but can't serve you because you haven't done the work. You don't know that what I need is a bubble bath. I need you to take the kids out of the house and I need 40 minutes to myself. You have to know what center is for you. What is home? When do I feel the most like myself? When do I know that I am having fun, that I'm happy? When do I feel like the best version of who I am? And it's important to know that going into a marriage because you're going to have to share that with someone who's partnered into making your your life all that it can be. Praise the Lord. Saints. All right. Before we move on, I just want to read Trivia. Joan says, as I've grown closer to God, I've had less of a desire to be married again because I enjoy that special time with him and who I'm becoming in this process. Trivia, I totally agree. When I was single, after being divorced myself, I was really protective about being in a relationship again because I just was so in love with who I was becoming. I could, I knew God's voice. I could feel God's presence. My kids were doing well. And so I was really, really protective about the idea of being in a relationship. That's how I knew God had brought my husband into my life because he just, listen, honey, he made me an offer I could not refuse. He knew the Lord. He was sensitive. He was kind. He was still strong-willed. And I said to myself, self, Lord, is this you? Because I need to know if this is you. And because I had a relationship with God, I was able to get confirmation that my husband was from him. So that wraps up our questions for today. Before we leave, you know how I do. I like to leave you with a little snack. 
on Sundays or Thursdays or Wednesdays and all throughout the country, really, world, when I have the opportunity to speak, I like to give a meal. I like to take a text and have an outline and give points. This is just a snack. This is just me saying I was prayerful before I got on this podcast. I asked God, who's listening? What do they need to hear? And what can I say to help them make it through the day, the week, the next few months a little bit easier? And I really felt like as I was praying that what God wants all of us to focus on What he's asking all of us to do in this moment and in this hour is very simple. It's two words. Show up. Show up. Stop counting all of the ways that you could fail. Stop considering all of the distractions that come into play when you're pursuing your life and show up. Show up in your marriage. Show up in purpose. Show up in your household. Show up at the gym if you need to. Show up at Chick-fil-A if you need to. I don't know if you're trying to gain weight or lose weight. Do you, boo? I don't know where you are in your life. But what I do know is that now is not the time to be sitting back in a corner wondering when you're going to make the next move. Now is the time for you to really begin taking whatever it is God has laid on your heart about who you have the potential to become and show up. Show up on an unapologetically. Show up and until the rocks cry out. Show up until every dream that is down on the inside of you is starting to churn and turn. Show up until your dreams become reality. Show up until your marriage is saved. Show up until your heart is healed. Show up until you forgive yourself. Show up until bitterness no longer exists. I need you to show up. I need you to show up so that someone else can see that women who look like you, women who sound like you, women who have dreams and backgrounds the way that you have still know how to show up in life. Don't let Don't let pain, don't let disappointment, don't let betrayal make you hide in a season when you're supposed to be showing up. Don't let frustration, don't let stress, don't even let the idea of depression or depression itself make you cover up at a time when you're supposed to be showing up. Do whatever it takes to show up. If you need a counselor, get it. If you need a journal, do it. If you need a vacation, a staycation, do it. If you just need a minute to yourself, do whatever you need to do to regroup, to get focused, and to get back on track because there's still so much life down on the inside of you. There are so many things that God has for you. There are so many things that this world needs from you. And so I need you to show up so that I can become better, so that Woman Evolve can become better, so that books can be written and ministries created and families restored and children raised, I need you to show up with all of you. Not partially divided, some fears, some hope. Nope. I need you to show up in every single area, okay? When you show up, God shows out is a word. Before we log off, I just want to take a minute and pray with you. And so, God, I thank you for every person listening to this podcast and everybody tuned in online. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to connect with your people. God, I pray that something was said today that helps someone come out of darkness. I pray that grace was given today in a way that Maybe we would not have been able to do before, but because we are stretching ourselves to become more like Jesus, we were able to see things from a different perspective. God, I hope that this podcast brought somebody some joy and some laughter and a safe place for them to just constantly be themselves. Be with my friends, no matter where they are. Help them them to realize that they're not facing anything alone because you have a divine plan for their life. And this too, this very thing that is stressing them, this very thing that is worrying them, this very thing that may be giving them anxiety is a part of your plan too. So God, I ask for supernatural peace, peace that passes all understanding and that you would magnify their faith and that their fears would go running out of the door because the plans you have for them are so phenomenal. I love you, and I thank you for continuing to shape me and mold me into who you've called me to be. Do the same for my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all so very much, and we will be back next week.
child. If you enjoyed today's episode, I want to encourage you to give us a review or rating on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening from. Share it, post it, let your friends know that we are evolving together. 